finger. That was the first... Dude, I just started recording my... Oh, no. I, you literally are the first words of this podcast. Three first words, finger oh, that drink. No. Yeah. Finger that. And he sounded a little sexual about it. All right. Clarification, he stuck his finger to swirl the drink. Yeah. So everybody's yeah. for visual purposes. All right. You gotta work with what you have. We, we have a special craft head tonight. It might run long, so saddle up, buckle up, all that stuff. This is... Um, we talked earlier about having sort of a fireside chat, and I don't want to steal that term, because so I, I take that of a, that's like a sort of an inspiration from Colin Moriarty of mine. This is more of a symposium tonight, because there's six <laughs> people in the room, and there's just, there's the three of us, Jake, myself, Jake Kurtz, uh, who we've talked about before, myself, damn right, and we have a, we have a, a surprise guest tonight. So there's actually three people on the podcast tonight, Mike DeVideo. What's up, Mike? What's going on, man? What's up, Mike? Um, so, I met Mike at Duquesne, which is where Kurtz went to college, and presumably Mike also went there. Mm -hmm. And so, we actually go back, and every time I come into uh, Tampa, I usually, Mike and I make time to see each other. Absolutely. So, he's yeah. here, Jake is here. What's up, you guys? Not a whole lot. I don't know how this is going to go. I'm real excited about it. Uh, I just want to... Let, let's let's start off with the drinks. The drinks. First of all. Okay. And, and by the way, this was going to be a one-on-one -on -one with Jake Kurtz. I mentioned that in a previous episode. So Mike screwed it all up. No, Mike, <laughs> Mike enhanced it. I intruded. <laughs> no, no. This is not an intrusion. This is an uh, invitation. So, okay. Jake, tell us about the drink that you made us and why you made it for us. So, Alex is my ginger angel. Mm. Mm. And we're drinking Angel's Envy. Mixed with ginger ale with a little bit of vanilla extract. Yeah, so we, it, it's a bourbon, It's which is good because the first night I got, that Tara and I got here like two days ago, I dove right in just neat, and it was, it's really good, Angel's Envy bourbon. So we made a little cocktail out of it, and we tossed a little vanilla extract in for the third mm -hmm. thing. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks, dude. Is that just neat? <laughs> I think you said, that's, is that just meat? Yes, I am meat. It's mm. good stuff. It's like this a is fifty dollar bottle. It better be good. This is excellent. Thank you, Jake. I've talked about you on the podcast before. Yeah. I can't even remember. I named an episode after you, and I can't remember exactly what it was about. So why don't you? We'll do a high level overview of each character here. Each you character. starting with you. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's see. I'm kind of like Tyler Pico, who was on a few episodes before. I'm not really a big self-promoter type right. of person but um i'm from western pa i went to high school with alex um went to duquesne which is a local pittsburgh school uh, in 2013 i moved down to florida just kind of on a whim um my friend danny from college was living down here ted bundy <laughs> i said i was gonna bring it up danny Oh god! I, I think you look a little bit like Ted, Bund Ted Bundy, but that's a good thing because he was good looking. Yeah, he's a good looking dude. But you that's guys... you minus you're not a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we know of. Mike likes it. <laughs> but anyways, Danny uh, randomly hit me up in the summertime and was asking me what I was doing for work and just kind of getting the scoop on what I was doing post college and asked me if I had any interest in kind of moving to Florida on a whim. So. I just kind of took a leap of faith. I had about a thousand bucks in my bank account. Moved to Florida, kind of on a whim. Uh, we I, remember, I remember you telling me because you and I were living together at that point. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. You told me that you were mm -hmm. moving to Florida, and I was like, "For what?" And you were like, "I don't know. I got free rent for six months, so I'm moving down there and, and yeah, make it work." Pico, he, Florida was his first stop too. And it's funny, like Pico and I didn't really talk in high school or yeah. college or anything, so I had literally no idea he even lived here. Yeah. Same time as I did at some point, but but yeah, that's kind of uh, how I got to Tampa, and then from there it was just kind of kind of just following the traditional path of getting a job with my degree and getting a couple different marketing and social media type of jobs at different ad agencies down here. We did a little hopping, did a little bit of job hopping um, every every year or so. I just yeah. kind of <laughs> renewed and got something else, but. Um, yeah, I eventually got to the point where after work, I was starting to do a little bit of side work, just doing, still marketing, just doing the same type of stuff, just doing 
websites for different companies, social media for some local businesses around here. And then finally got to the point where I was able to almost pay my bills with my side work. And then finally decided to just take the leap and just go all in on it. You so, realized cuck the fumpany. I did. And you were just, you, you of, of all of my <laughs> very, very, very close friends, you were the first one to just say, I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to make this happen. And it's funny. It took a really long time for that to actually happen. I mean, I think for the longest time, I was just so worried about how am I going to pay the bills? Like, how are my parents going to perceive this? Because obviously they paid for most of my college and Duquesne wasn't cheap. No. As Mike knows. No. Um, but yeah, I think there was a lot of, there were a lot of different factors that kind of kept me from doing it for a long time, but I'm just a big believer in just kind of trusting um, just kind of my faith and that everything would work out eventually. And then D will like this. Trust the process. Trust the process. <laughs> trust the process. But um, yeah, I mean, it's been six or seven months now doing my own thing and I've, you know, Financially, it's fine. I've gotten to the point where I've slightly surpassed where I was at, even at my full-time job. So things are going well. And I mean, sky's the limit from here because it's at that point now where, I mean, I work harder, I make more money and, you know, I can just kind of go from there. So here, here. Cheers yeah, to cheers, that. Man. Cheers. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Mike, I would say that uh, in terms of who does the most interesting thing for a living of the three of us? You are about a marathon ahead of us. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what you're doing now and where you're going. Sure. Yeah. So I, uh, I grew up in Eastern Pennsylvania in the Wilkes-Barre Scranton area. Uh, moved to uh, Pittsburgh when I graduated high school and went to Duquesne University, as Alex said, uh, for pharmacy. Uh, funny side story that I'm sure we'll get into later. Jake and I moved in together as complete strangers. Oh yeah, uh, and lived together for a year. And um, I really liked your voicemail. Voice. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll tell that story yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and shortly there, there after graduation, I um, followed Jake actually down to the Tampa area. I mean, he was a big reason that I moved down here. Uh, my now wife and I, uh, girlfriend and boyfriend back in college, used to spring break down here, and. Um, just from sort of seeing the area, I ended up down here. I was working for CVS at the time uh, as a pharmacy intern and basically told CVS that uh, I needed to either, I needed to live near a beach and I had three options for them. <laughs> yeah, three options for them. It was either Myrtle Beach, uh, Tampa, St. Pete area or Hawaii. Uh, I think Houston was on the list too, actually. But <clears throat> And um, ended up scoring a job in St. Pete and I moved down here. I graduated May 21st, which is a Saturday. Um, and then Heather and I got up Sunday morning, the day after graduation, <laughs> packed everything we had into Dude, a Toyota Corolla yeah, and a Hyundai Elantra and drove down here. Um, <clears throat> I worked as a pharmacist for CVS for about eight or nine months. And then uh, I left CVS and took a job at my current company, which is uh, Pharma Labs. And uh, I started as a staff pharmacist. Pharma Labs is a compounding pharmacy. Uh, I worked as a staff pharmacist for... Uh, about six months and then I took over as the compliance officer took charge of the whole compliance department uh, I stayed there for about four months until April of 2018 and then I took over as the pharmacist in charge and then as of Monday of this past week I took over as the director of pharmacy direction uh, uh, operations so I'm now the director of the entire pharmacy operations which is crazy it's been a fast and fun ride but yep. And just for the listeners that don't know, can you explain the quick difference between a traditional pharmacist at CVS versus a compounding pharmacist? Yeah, sure. So chemistry. Yeah. The difference is science. science. Yeah. Yeah, Just picture like (laughs) a scientist in a lab with like test tubes. and. Yeah. I mean, so when I was at CVS, I was essentially a robot. All I did was verify prescriptions. I mean, I could tell you on like Saturdays, I would have... I don't know, four or 500 prescriptions that I would just have to verify one by one by one. And in the meantime, I would be making phone calls at the same time. So it was a lot of multitasking. It was a lot of clerical counting pills, just sort of checking to make sure the right pills in the right bottle type of thing. Um, When I moved to Pharma Labs, I mean, picture like the GNC style tubs of protein, Mm -hmm. but instead of protein, it's uh, medicine it's active pharmaceutical ingredient and basically what we do is we take a little bit out of one tub mix it with a little bit out of another tub mm. and a little bit out of a third tub 
in a in a beaker full of sterile water for injection and a few other little things. Mm. It's like a nonstop organic chemistry lab. Yeah, pretty much. So it's like, yeah. it's like <laughs> Breaking Bad, but not legally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> legally. <laughs> yeah, legal, legal Breaking Bad. Uh, anyway, so then we take that and you know we filter it and sterilize it and put it into a sterile vial. It gets frozen and then it gets sent off to patients who order it. Okay. You know, and it's we actually make everything we sell right on site though, which is a drastic difference from working at CVS. You know, people come into CVS and when I was there, I could have a prescription uh, typed, verified, filled and wrung out in a matter of five minutes. Where I'm at now, it's, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we have to make it. So it's its not a quick process. At all. No. It's, and, we, and we don't intend it to be. I mean, it's, it's a totally different, it's sterile drugs. So people take them and they inject them directly into their body. So I need to make sure that everything's done appropriately or we can fall into a situation like the New England Compounding Center, which... Uh, it's a little bit dim. We won't really get into that. And that we'll we'll stay away from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't because, get into that. because of what I know, can can we get into specifics about about the drugs that you make and what they do? <laughs> I, I'm, it's so interesting, dude. Like I didn't even sure. know jobs like this existed. <clears throat> yeah. So our company is a uh, it's a men's health. Well, yeah, it's a men's health company, uh, but we specialize in sexual dysfunction. So pretty much. Everything we make aside from two or three products is for erectile dysfunction. Um, so we do dissolvable lozenges that uh, have the active ingredients of uh, Cialis and Viagra, uh, which are used for men who can't swallow tablets, who have a hard time swallowing tablets. Um, and then we have another line of products that we refer to as ICIs. So it's an intracavenosal injection. And okay. I don't want to get too graphic on everybody. But I think everybody, they hear those words. They know what that means. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, you know, so everything, we have a few other oddball products that are used for, uh, like we do um, a chemo agent that's second line treatment for bladder cancer. And then we do a, a pain relief agent that's, uh, it's a it's a bladder flush that's second it's treatment for pain secondary to bladder cancer. So a lot of what we make is um, it stems from men who have radical prostatectomies. So they have their prostate removed. There's a, a nerve bundle basically that surrounds the prostate, and when that's disrupted, um, 100% of men for at least the first six months cannot get an erection afterwards. So you can't just take an oral medication to treat that. It's got to be a, a, an injection directly into the site of medication. So mm. that's kind of where our company started is for men who have prostateectomies. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that that's all of our patients because it's not. But uh, we, we kind of take the more admirable, excuse me, admirable approach and we try to sort of treat the cancer and right. not just... Mm. You know, reap the Put a band-aid on, yeah, like yeah. on the symptoms and et cetera. Yeah, yeah. right. So uh, gotcha. it's a good gig. A lot of fun. Well, Mike, I got to say, listening, I, I got a little bit mesmerized there. <laughs> I'll say even like <laughs> awestruck because I, I have a sort of pipe dream and I've, I've put it on hold temporarily, but uh, we'll see how that goes in the future. But like I actually had a dream of becoming a doctor at some point and a, a really good I think a really smart thing you can do is talk to somebody who does this sort of thing for a living. And I realized that a pharmacist is not necessarily, you know, like a practicing medical doctor. But just from hearing the way that you talk and the things that you do, I realized that pharmacy is really close. And in a lot of ways, you have to work harder. I don't know. What would you have to say about that? Like, do you think it's harder to become a pharmacist or a doctor? Or does it depend on what you go into and exactly what you do? Mm. It's definitely not easy to become a pharmacist. I think, mar- yeah, I think marketing that. is way harder. <laughs> <laughs> way harder because what we did, man. It was grueling. Was, was I, I did literally nothing. I mean, it, it depends on what your passion is in, I guess. And I, I hate using that because it's such a... Sounds cliche. Yeah, it's a cliche it's, answer. It's, no, that's true, though. 100% I would say pharmacy is more, uh, there's more avenues outside of like strictly pharmaceutical medicine. You know, mm-hmm. when you become a doctor, you're a doctor, right? You're not really a business owner or um, like a lot of pharmacists have MBAs on the side or JDs on the side. So they, there's a lot of other avenues that you could take along with having a PharmD. Yeah. For me, for example, like my new job and the, the role I'm taking over now is a much more business centered uh, position in my company. So yeah. like 
I'm not sitting there verifying prescriptions anymore. I'm doing like staffing and capacity analysis. I'm doing marketing analysis. I'm, I'm looking at the price of, of drugs and making sure that our profits are where they're supposed to be. I'm minimizing risks. Yep. I'm doing a lot of other uh, like tertiary responsibilities. It's not, it's not as much hands-on. Yeah, no, yeah. I very rarely will go in the lab and stand there and verify. No, I, I will if I have to. Don't get me wrong, but... You know, and there's days when I'm in the lab actually batching the medication. Um, but most of the time I'm sitting behind a desk at a computer talking to physicians or yeah. running analysis, that kind of stuff. But it's, um, you know, it's, it's definitely different from what a doctor would do. Yeah. Okay, so here's a question. And I'm going to do this on the air, on the podcast, because oh, I, uh, no, 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 it's, it's easy for you. I, I'm revealing my own ignorance here. Mm -hmm. So I've had conversations with people about this before, and I, I definitely do not know the, the, the actual distinctions. So I know that you have to go to pharmacy school to become a pharmacist. Mm -hmm. You have to go to medical school to become a doctor. Right. Both of them are more than a traditional four-year you know, bachelor degree or whatever. Are you a doctor? You are a doctor. Yes. Okay. I'm a PharmD. I I'm heard doctor, you say PharmD, and I was wondering a pharmacy, a doctor. Of, so, is, is that sort of equivalent to be like like a PhD in a in a philosophical field? You know, or yeah, except you and I. Would yeah. So, I mean, traditionally, uh, if you're a doctor, you're either a DO or you're an MD. You're a medical doctor. Okay, that you're much a doctor I do know. Yeah, that's anywhere. That's usually around eight years to become a DO. Sure. Plus, then you have residency, residency or whatever afterwards. Yeah. A PharmD, depending on where you are, I mean, in, in Pennsylvania, it was a straight six-year program. Yeah. So I actually graduated at the age of 24 as a doctor of pharmacy, which mm -hmm. is pretty rare for somebody that young to be a doctor. Um, you will never, ever, ever hear me say I'm Dr. Michael DeVideo. I just, You're just not one of those people. No. You could, like, though. Yeah, I could. It's, you know, I will like, if it's, like if it's Ross, a credit card or an insurance Ross, company. Ross, in Friends, is like, you know, doctor, because he's a doctor of paleontology. Yeah, but he's never... Right, exactly. And your initials are MD, That's true. Cool. Ooh, yeah. you could be MD, MD. MD. MD, MD. MD, PharmD. No, MD, PharmD, MD. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I have... I have a, there's a guy I graduated with who lives down at Bradenton. He's actually... He's a PharmD, and he's back in school to be an, an MD. So you can take cool. that degree and pursue on further. Of course, Stand, yeah, you could use like a like a biology degree and sort of you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, catapult yourself off of that and yeah. sort of work toward it. Yeah, but so I know, like in Florida, you have to have a it's either a bachelor's degree or associate's degree to even be able to apply into pharmacy school. Mm -hmm. In Pennsylvania at Duquesne, you did two years of what they call pre-pharmacy and then four years of pharmacy degree. And it's kind of a, it's a high risk, high reward situation because if you don't graduate in that six years, you end up going to school with essentially nothing to show for it. Yeah. So if, you know, I, like I've, I have friends that dropped out of pharmacy school halfway through and they, they're like, yeah, I went to school for five years at, at Duquesne Pharmacy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nothing to show I, I've, I've even heard about people going, uh, you know, they're on a pre-med track and they, they want to go to med school and everything, but they can't get a residency and they just sort of flounder out and they don't become doctors because of that. Yeah. Like that's yeah. a thing too. Yeah. Just not being able to get a residency. Yeah. I mean, and there's, uh, so one of our friends who lives down in, in Tampa as well, Andy, he's a um, pharmacist. At Ginger. Yeah, he's a another ginger. ginger. Yeah, yeah, yes. He, um, he's, he's not a, a ginger angel though. He's just he's a ginger. He's a ginger yeah. Ginger neutral at best. <laughs> Andy's a pharmacist sorry, Andy. at the. I, I'm not sorry. Andy's the pharmacist at Tampa, Tampa General in the ER. But he um, he did a residency in Pensacola. So he actually technically went to school for seven years, and then he went on to take a secondary test. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. Sorry, Andy. But he's he's a PharmD with a, a... I don't remember the other letters afterwards. But basically, he's got extra credentials to his name that says that he can work in a hospital. Sure. So, and Andy and I talk about this all the time. Like, five or six years ago, I mean, him and I were standing in the same exact place. Yeah. And now our lives are so drastically different, but we have the same exact degree, which is... Yeah, Crazy. Andy. Andy's like the pharmacist who helps the people in like the ER if they need like an emergency yeah, like medication he, real quick for somebody that's he's mixing the medication to save somebody's life on, yeah, on, on a the card spot. On yeah, yeah. yeah, my job is not uh, 
I'm not life-saving per se. I mean, there's reports of guys who come back to us and say, like, you, you saved, saved my life. You saved my <laughs> marriage. You yeah. saved my sexual life, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, and of it's, course. You know, I'm not saying that's a heart beautiful. attack. For, you know what I mean? Exactly. Mike, how much has the Duquesne mm-hmm. brand mattered for you in terms of your career path so far? More than you would think. Because, like, for me as a marketing guy... Depends on what... It what really hasn't right? done anything, yeah. especially because... When I moved to Florida, nobody has even heard of Duquesne up there, exactly. or at least for the most part, from a business standpoint. But it's just interesting to me, from the business side of things, how much it might actually matter for somebody that went for pharmacy or law. And, or well, something uh, like yeah, that. And, and Duquesne's more reputable for I, I would say probably both of those things over yeah. marketing. You know, and like, probably same with Penn State. Yeah, because like outside of um, Outside of the people I met and the experiences that I had and everything like that, like I almost wish I would have gone to a cheaper school for marketing because like it really makes no sense for me to for marketing to rack up all that debt and me to go both. somewhere like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a I mean, private, expensive school. If I remember correctly, Duquesne's biggest uh, schools were uh, business and law. I didn't go to business school. I went to like communications. School. Yeah, no, I know. Technically, but that's... funny distinction. I was in the College of Communications at, at Penn State mm-hmm. because um, my brother did, he did marketing. And, you know, I had no, I was the normal kid coming out of high school. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I just, oh, my brother's in marketing. Yeah, I'll do that too. Yeah. Plus, I was watching Mad Men in college. And that was just for, you know, that was just um, way cooler on the yeah, show. Yeah, I, I was like uh, glamorizing. Is that mm-hmm. a word? I don't know. We're going to use it. Um, just thinking about that whole thing. And, Meanwhile, here I was scheduling courses for it. I mean, taking courses. And I want to say that it was maybe first semester of sophomore year. I was very resistant, as I am now, to any sort of authoritative body. And, like, I don't want to go to advisors and all that. Like, who has time for that? <laughs> so I, I finally did it. And they were like, what are you doing? Yeah. And, you know, I explained to them my plans. And they said, uh, you you can't get into the... Uh, What's what's Penn State's? I can't even think of the name of, uh, of their like business school, whatever. I they were like, you can't get into it. You have to have a X GPA in your freshman year. Mm-hmm. And I got my like my shit pushed in my <laughs> my very first semester. You know, thinking I could do nothing and still get a three point nine seven. And I did nothing and got like a three point two. Well. My first semester, I got my ass kicked, and, and that was whenever I had my wake up call. And here I was scheduling courses, and I couldn't do what I wanted to do. So I, I wound up having to instead of doing the uh, the school of business or whatever, like uh-huh. so what you guys are talking about, I did the college of communications. Right. And, and instead of a marketing degree, I have an advertising degree, which is the same thing. It's the hmm. same thing, yeah. except you write papers instead of doing like mathematical types of tests like it's just yeah probably they're just different coursework i definitely which is weird because i had a a couple of um math you know like even uh statistics like i had to do to get through in my my major but uh yeah it's it's ridiculous like you you and i if we could redo the educational (laughs) portion but keep the college memories and experience intact i would have done to the cheapest College yeah. around Pittsburgh. Yeah, you and I far. definitely would have done that for for a fact. But it's crazy. I'm still paying off school debt, and I probably will be for another probably five or ten years. I want to. I preach into the choir. Well, yeah, Mike's. Yeah, Mike's. <laughs> you got a lot more, but I want to transition crazy, though. more to your story in a second here. But my last for for the meantime, we've got plenty of time left on this, and and I want to move to eventual like pure bullshit here toward the end of this. <laughs> Where but, are we at? Twenty three. Yeah, just. We're, we're not even at a half an hour yet, but Mike, how do you feel about what you do for a living? Do you get a lot of, like, I know in your shoes, I would, but do you get a lot of personal satisfaction about what you do and just, do you, do you go to bed every night thinking like, yeah, you know, if I do this and pursue this track throughout my life and I stay in pharmacy in some capacity, are you happy with what you're doing and do you enjoy what you do for a living? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I, short answer to this: yes, that absolutely. I love and I want all I your do. qualifiers and details, but I wanted a yes or no, and a yes is a great answer. Yeah, no, That's I great. love what I do. Wouldn't change it for That's so a cool, man. Minute. That's awesome. I mean, and you're how old? Uh, twenty-seven. You realize what a blessing that is. Yeah, to say yes to that question. I know. Twenty-seven. Yeah. When I was hired with the company that I'm at, the the previous pharmacist in charge was like 
58, 60 maybe. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he used to tell me all the time that it took him, you know, 40 something years to find his dream job. Right. And I always felt super envious of him because I was like, well, I guess super grateful for me because I was so young finding a job that like, I want to retire with my company. I, I want to do every possible thing I can to make mm-hmm. sure that my company makes it until I'm ready to retire, which yeah. is still 30 years off. You know yeah. what I mean? Totally. Uh, but yeah, short answer to that question is yes, absolutely. I love what I do. Long answer to that is if I was still at CVS and you would ask me that question, absolutely not. Well, yeah, because you're working for the man. Yeah, I would have, <laughs> I would have said I would have said no, not at all. I mean, if, if you, I remember pharmacy students coming to me back then and me like sitting down and being like, we need to go out for a drink because I need to tell you how it really is. Yeah, because it's, like, it's, it's cozy not at all, and comfy. And, you know, working, I, I can remember because I worked <laughs> at CVS retail. At what okay. they call it, front front end. Yeah, forgot about I, that. I worked yeah. front end. I didn't know like that. it was great. Matter of fact, I, I uh, if I may take a small uh, tangent here. Yeah, Crafthead's podcast is it's a tangent <laughs> podcast. So <laughs> that's the best part. I will not name names. I will not name locations. I will not name managers. But I, whenever I worked at CVS for. Six seven months. I feel like it wasn't very long. I remember all this. Stuff. There may be some. There may be something tied to this story, but we we had all kinds of managers changing hands, and the store was going through tumultuous times. And basically, there was one night that I decided. Well, I, my coworker and I decided who was who was a good friend at the time. And John. Yeah, John. John. Yeah, no last names. I know. <laughs> I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I, just, but, I remember. Uh, I was underage. I wasn't even 21 whenever I was working this part-time CBS gig. And we fucked off all the time at this <laughs> job. I mean, just, you know, it was it was a part-time job and we were making some money or whatever. And we decided to get drunk on the job. Oh, God. <laughs> Front end, retail, we're drinking. I'm underage, on the job, drinking. Oh, and we sold one lady, and I remember, I, I think we had like a, a, like a big Gatorade bottle, poured rum in it or something, like a lot, and we were just crushing it. And we sold a lady spoiled milk. We're like crying with laughter from just bullshitting behind the desks. We farted into the intercom. I did, well, I say we, I did that. I mean, I went into the break room and held the phone up to my ass and farted oh into it. Oh my God. And, he was like, dude, I hated you for that. Like, because oh, I left him alone with a customer and I made him hear that <laughs> on, on the speaker. But uh, my, my whole point of that story was CBS. The, the girls are just <laughs> laughing. <laughs> even Tara's laughing, even though she's heard this story before. I keep forgetting they're even back there laughing yeah. at all this. So. Well, that, that was, I mean, that was, that's I, actually, I, I haven't changed at all. But uh, as far as CVS goes, like it, it's a cozy job, especially when you're in the pharmacy side of things. You're making good money. You're, I mean, your hours are pretty well defined and, and all that stuff, but you're not getting any real satisfaction out of what you're doing with your life. And that is where I would say Jake and I ran into some pretty serious roadblocks because yep. I, I've never gotten any serious satisfaction out of what I've done for a living the relationships that I've built and the people that I've helped like at my job, that stuff is good, but it's, it's not enough for me to figure out what I want to do for the next 30, 35, 40 years of my life. I'm going to say 30 max actually, because if I have to work past that, I'll just kill myself. (laughs) So Jake, you are well on your way to figuring out that formula. The satisfaction formula. Yeah. You, the most important aspect of any of this career stuff we've talked about you don't have a boss yeah and that's how's that feel it feels different but good i mean i would say in terms of the actual job satisfaction and you know like if i'm living my dream and like if i'm pursuing my purpose and things like that that could evolve over time like in terms of the actual job itself i think it i think i'm good at it i think it's great to run my own thing and not have to report to anybody and set my own hours. I mean, Alex got here Friday and I just took the day off. So I just, you know, I had the option of doing that and I wouldn't have had that option before necessarily. So right. little things like that are nice. But in terms of like actually knowing exactly what I want to do for a living and what's going to make me feel ultimately fulfilled, I mean, I, 
I'm just aware enough with myself to know that that could change over the next even like, you know, two years or something like that. So in terms of that part, I'm still figuring it out. That's for sure. But in terms of me getting to the point where I know that working for myself is better than working for somebody else, that's a hundred percent like solidified fact. Yep. So I'm at least at that point, but everything else is pretty much like an ongoing, um, just evolution we're, of me as a person. We're learning as we go. Yeah, I would that's say a that's fact. a good way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I I really do like what I do. Like I go to bed every night feeling fulfilled. Like I'm I'm up pretty early in the morning. Like I'm working until seven or eight p.m. Like you know, Kelly will tell you like it takes a lot for me to just like get off my laptop, get off my phone because like, I actually like what I'm doing. You're also and helping small businesses. That's the thing is like, I'm kind of like you and yep. that like, I don't like the man, yeah. quote unquote. So like big business <laughs> just doesn't do it for me. So when I know that I'm really actually impacting a small business and like another small business owner yeah. through marketing and helping them, that makes me feel way more fulfilled. So Rightfully so. I mean, yeah. that's, that's huge. Yeah. You know what? While I think Tampa really does a good job at that too. Like People in Tampa are just all about like, you know, community go, helping each other. Go out. to the local coffee shop instead yeah. of going to Starbucks. Like, go to the local yeah. food place instead yeah, of going to Panera. Right. Like, you know what I mean? There, there are, there were a zillion things over the past couple of days, and especially past twenty four hours, hanging with you and Kelly and Tara yeah. here in Tampa that I wanted to bring up. And while this is on my head, I'll guess I'll just bring it up. But mm-hmm. it makes me think of, it makes me think of the barter system. So. I think about why is it, what is it in our nature that makes us want to resist the man or, or yeah, it's weird. the big companies and the status quo and all that stuff. And, and I sort of liken it to the idea of, I love the old system where I have something that you need, mm-hmm. but you don't know how to do. You have something that I need or want, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to do or provide for myself. And we exchange that service for one another. Mm-hmm. So I think that small business aspect is a big part of, I think it's a big part yeah. of finding satisfaction in what you're doing. And, and that applies that. to both of you, for you and your marketing and Mike for like, you know, the, the individuals that you're helping and like you, you, your company offers a pretty, I, I hate this word. I'm so sick of deciding whether <laughs> I want to say niche or niche. Yeah. I'm going to say both. Niche, yeah, niche, niche market. It is. No, it's a specialized you know? market, though. Yeah, it is very specialized. <clears throat> and and, and you, you, have, you have a small team. You know, you have control over exactly what you, know, what you guys are offering and, and how you're offering it. And I think that's, I, I, again, I just think it, it ties back to a notion of something simpler that a lot of us yearn for. Yeah. And most of us as a society are, we, we don't want to take risks and leaps of faith to make that happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think nowadays there's so much more to lose than it was mm-hmm. true back when the simpler times, I mean, when you look at like, let's, let's pivot and talk about student debt for a second. Here. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Multiple let's, thousands, hundreds of thousand dollars, tens, hundreds. Yep. I mean, I can give you the exact number if you want. It's, it's right around $300,000 in debt oh, for school and with interest, it's, Last time I looked, it was up to like two hundred. Or I'm sorry, nine hundred and you might as well just eighty thousand dollars or something like that. It's a million dollars in debt. You might as well just school. die with like half a million. And if like let's say that I had gone through a D program and had this much debt and decided that I didn't want to do pharmacy, where am I left? Yeah, it's, you know it's, I mean? it's there's a lot to lose for somebody like me who is very financially motivated. That's enough to make me blow my head off. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's and it's I'm a not saying that lightly because I'm certain that people have done that. Yeah, because yeah. of that and, yeah. and that's not funny yeah. and and it's not fair i mean there's there's got to be you know a better way to do this and right now unfortunately there's no way to to change that overnight and the way i see it and you, you know we're pretty like-minded individuals this is the way it is so how can we make the best of a bad situation right. yeah and and that's that's one of those things where you know i, I just want to tell people there are no excuses to just giving up or saying you know, like this is wrong and just like resisting it to an extreme level. You know, like you gotta, you gotta play the game. Yeah. You, you do, but we can, we can bend the rules and you can figure out something that works for you individually. You're right. I mean, and to your point about, about finding, making 
the most of what you have. I mean, in my situation now, for the first time, I'm at a place where I can go to other local compounding pharmacies and say like, hey, if you need anything and you're out of it, please get in contact with me. Because yeah. if I have it in stock, I'm more than willing to offer it to you. It's that sort of small business camaraderie yeah. in the yeah. area that we're all talking about. It's a about. relationship. Right. It's a small relationship as opposed to just this shitty supplier, vendor, <laughs> yeah. whatever right. situation. Right. Exactly. It's not as cutthroat. No. I think something with me that, I mean, it's also a simplified kind of way of thinking, but it's a little bit different from what you guys are saying. I just think a lot of the business decisions that get made at bigger companies just don't make sense. No, they don't. Because the people at the top are incentivized by like either year over year numbers or like 90 day numbers. And like that doesn't actually make sense for the long term success of we talked about the this business. By the pool the other night. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, the other just night. just download everything onto this podcast. Right? Yeah, it's <laughs> it was, just I I actually I, I lamented by the pool talking to Jake about yeah. this over some beers. It was like one in the morning. I was like, dude, yeah. this whole thing could have been a podcast. Like especially in marketing, like you can make certain decisions like to drive a bunch of new patients to your office or whatever. But like long term, that really might not help your business. So you can make certain decisions on like how you spend your marketing dollars and things like that. But really, if if like the CMO, for example, like the chief marketing officer is making decisions that are going to get he or she a bonus in like a year, that really might not make sense for the health of the business. And if I'm reporting to the CMO, I'm just asking, I'm just being asked to do things that are going to make her bonus and not things that are going to actually help the business. Hey, and one of the things we brought up about so it's right. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you can finish. Please. I was going to say like, it literally just felt like I was helping a C-level executive get their bonus or yes. their incentive instead of actually making an impact on something real. Yeah. So that's kind of what screwed me up about working for big companies. And, and we brought this up that night by the pool. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stick to this. We brought this up on the beach tonight when we were drinking. We're not going to get into politics. <laughs> but Here it's, we go. it's like the idea of, <laughs> of a politician. Anything a politician mm-hmm. does, no matter what they say, yep. it's not about what's good for their constituents or the people yeah. that they represent. They want to stay elected. Yeah, they want to do... They do what is best for that, for you. They do what's best for that individual. If I'm going to get a $75,000 bonus to hit 20% more leads than last year. I'm not even saying I blame those people. That's what I'm saying. Like, I get it. It's just, I don't fit fit in that system. No, no. I I fit in a system where I'm like, no, I want to, I want to do right by that person Mm -hmm. and also by myself. Exactly. So both of us can sleep well at night and also be successful at the same time. Exactly. That's what I want. Yep. And unfortunately, that's not really the the model that and that's everybody why, at the top. And that's follows. why for me, like I got to like manager level and like I got promoted and all that. But I just felt like I was getting to a point where I was eventually going to be like a chief marketing officer or something yep. like that in yeah. a corporation. And I was going to be incentivized to do short term decisions. And it would change who you are. And you don't and want I was that. Like, I don't want that either. I was like, my ultimate fulfillment is going to be like chasing my bonus. Yeah every year what is that you know what i mean that's shitty so now it's like now that i'm running my own thing for smaller to medium-sized businesses it's like i can make more money if i just work harder and i'm actually helping businesses at the same time yeah and and what would you want at the end of the uh, at the end of the day would you want some would you want to be chasing after a bonus hit some Mm-hmm. objectively arbitrary milestone it's for, so for, arbitrary for a company that doesn't matter yeah. or would you rather have people in tampa florida say jake kurtz is a respected member of this community i'm taking the latter a hundred oh, times out of hundred percent yeah, yeah and, that, and it doesn't matter whether you're in marketing mm-hmm. penis chemistry or anything <laughs> else like it <laughs> if you're doing, if you're doing, a good, if you're providing a good service or a good product for for good people, like that's, and I, you can't ask for anything more. Even if people never said Jake Kurtz is a respected member of Tampa, I would just sleep better at night about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. I just want to go on the record and say that Jake Kurtz is a respected member. Of <laughs> he, he, is, he is a respected member so. of, the camp, of the community. I agree, hundred percent. So. <clears throat> you want to dive into the second drink? Let, yeah, let's dive into some. 
utter bullshit. <laughs> because I, I know I'm ready. I'm ready. Like I'm. We we were sitting on the beach earlier tonight uh, at uh, Whiskey Joe's. Yep. Whiskey Joe's. We had Joe's. S- several pitchers of beer, and we came home, played some Smash Ultimate, played some Mario Kart. We were drinking yep. during that time. I'm ready to go. Let's go. What is this drink? So this drink is called the Far Cry Water. Yes. And Alex and I used to play video games a lot together back in the day. I don't play as much anymore, but Far Cry was one of the games we used to play together all the time back in high school. And for whatever reason, Far Cry had like the prettiest like bluish green, teal, shiny water in the game. At the time, it was gorgeous. Like, I don't know what it was, was, but Alex and I were obsessed with the water in Far Cry. Yeah, (laughs) 12 minutes. This this was 360. Could the characters like actually swim in the water, or was it one of those yeah, things yeah, where you yeah. just like looked well, at? Well, actually, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think you could. Swim I think it was <laughs> Far Cry Instincts Predator. As ridiculous as that title I think is, you're that's, right. what, that's what it was. But the other um, that was the end. So Mike's basically, just if anybody, <laughs> what are you talking about? If anybody's been to Taco Bell and had the Baja Blast Mountain Dew, that's like the exact color of what the Far Cry water was it's in true. the game. I'm looking at it. I can confirm Alex is staring it at it. Like, I'm literally dangling it in his face right yes. now. So, we mixed Far Cry water. Or no, we mixed Baja Blast Mountain Dew. Far Cry water. Yeah. Sorry, I'm starting to feel the Water bit. from the game. We put it in the bottle. <laughs> so, we mixed Baja Blast from Taco Bell. Baja Blast Mountain Dew. With some absolute vodka and vanilla extract. No, no, that was the first drink. This one was supposed to be orange juice earlier, remember? Oh, uh, yeah. We, there were two separate drinks. We put oh, a, my God. It looks just like that. Right? You oh, looked it Mike, up. Are you kidding me? Oh, dude. I Googled it. Oh, and it literally, literally looks just that, like that. I'm, that's going to be the episode image. I'm not even kidding. Oh, that's perfect. Mike, you just found it. That's Hi, perfect. Him swimming with a knife. That is the Holy most patented Far Cry image ever. That's I never played this. Yeah, dude. So really this good. was it's wow. a great game. That's spot on. That, that game was revolutionary. You gotta uh, hold up this next to that. And take vi- a video game. Yeah, you're right. Video game moment. Uh, that game was revolutionary because there was a map editor and you could build your own multiplayer maps. Mm-hmm. And Kurtz and I would just fuck around in it, making all this bullshit. Like make zip lines and drive cars off ramps. We didn't actually do anything competitive. It was no, just it was just fun. Yeah. I was never really competitive with video games at all. I just like Halo dicked, Two. I dicked was, around. Halo Two was the only game that made anybody who oh. didn't think he or she was competitive competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Halo, yourself included. Halo was the only series I ever gave a shit about yeah. how I did in the game. Yeah. And I was. I was kind of sucked at it. Like I was never. No, I didn't suck. Fear? But oh, fear oh, was interesting. Yeah. Counter response. Oh, that was yeah, a good yeah, game. Yeah. That was a good game. Yeah. I think I watched you play that. Yeah. But. Halo was like the only game that I ever really cared about how I did. Yeah. Even though I was never like top notch, I was always like middle of the pack kind of person. But yeah. Yeah, rank in Halo 2 was life. I cared. It was life, dude. Like, I really cared. I remember I got up to level 37, and I will tell you. Oh, dude, I was never. Confession. Oh, yeah. I, I was think like you were like. 19. I, I was going to say 18. Yeah, 18, some shit 19. Like that. I will say, and, that Never was, broke and then they started basically changing it into a participation trophy game, and fuck it after that. But <laughs> seriously, no, dead serious. Getting to level thirty-seven out of fifty was a big deal, and I remember yeah. that 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 number is so significant to me. That got it is that why you're swarby? It's on my mushroom cap. No, to to this day. To this day, 37 is an important number. I was going to say, isn't, isn't Swarby037 like one of your emails or something? It like was that? ages ago, yeah. but I yeah. swear to God, I have used 37 multiple times for various things in my life, and it's because of that ranking. You have like a 37-inch dick or something, right? It's something like that. Feet. It might be three. Oh, feet. feet. No, 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 3.7 millimeters. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, that's right. 3.7. Yeah. Vibratarian? Yeah. 3.7. Yeah. Okay, I got it. She's okay with it. She's, yeah. she, she's verifying. Centimeters. Oh, centimeters. Okay. You know, that's, uh, that's not even two inches. <laughs> Divide that by... 2.54? Is that the conversion? I think. Dude, all these years I never knew you had a little ass dick. Dude, it's... it's That's hard. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it's 37 centimeters hard. You might need that would some be good. Uh, that's like 16 inches, honey. Centimeters? You, 37 centimeters? Yeah. Divide by 2.54. That's a hossy dick. Hossy. Let's end it here.
ended. Mike, on the air, can you confirm for me that I have the right factor conversion? And one inch to one centimeter. I swear it's 2.54. It sounds right. I'm going to I'm gonna consult Google. <laughs> that, that's how the world works. It how sounds right. I mean, how long have we gone so far? Yeah, 2.54 centimeters. Yeah, Oof. you're right. Razor oh roof. Thanks, bro. Kill me. <laughs> that would literally kill a woman. <laughs> Jeez. I hope that they can hear you. <coughs> oh, they will. And I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving it in regardless. Oh. Good job, honey. That's a foot two inches. Imagine. It's a baby's arm. Yeah. Even, <laughs> yes, it would. It, a baby's arm. A baby's arm. This, this is getting horrifying. It got weird. It's Louis right, the Golden's uh, arm. Uh, Heather, Kelly, you guys have never said anything on the Craft Heads podcast. I want input from both of you before we wrap this up. We got to keep going. Put you on the spot. All right, fine. We'll give you some time to think. We'll give you. Listen. Listen. We got more shit to cover. We're, we're at about 45 minutes. Let's make this an hour. Some, you guys need to chime in. Can we do the let's take a break music? Yes. Mike, I understand you have a funny story for us. Yes. We're, we're moving into story time. Here we go. We're going right into this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just right into it. <clears throat> so part of my job is research and development. Right? And, and it's exactly what it sounds. You anymore. are that D? <laughs> yeah. No, I, am, I, am, I, am, I put the D in R&D. Nice. Um, and, and it's exactly what it sounds. I mean, we, we have uh, like a rough estimate of what a formula is. We do some basic rough. calculations. We try to figure <laughs> out... Go downhill. Yeah, I know. Let them talk. We try to figure out, uh, you know, like what, what a process is going to look like. And, you know, we figure out capital expenditures and all that stuff I won't get into. And um, I, we recently reformulated our dissolvable lozenge formulation. Now, our lozenges are formulated with Tadalafil, which is the active ingredient in Cialis, Viagra. It's, it's Cialis. And specifically. We, we specifically okay. picked Cialis because of the half-life. And uh, for those of you who don't know, a half-life is basically... Hold on. Can I take this? Sure. Test my chemistry knowledge. All right. The amount of time that it takes for a drug to come down to... Or wait a minute, are we going to talk about radioactivity? No, uh-uh. You're on the right track. Keep going. To, to come down to half effectiveness. Half the percentage of what it was in your blood concentration. Yes, yeah. okay. Does this Fair. have to do with like the, if you have a boner for more than four hours? That's priapism, no. Well, you can go into that in a second, but <laughs> there's no, no, no. a god named after that. Or vice versa, actually. Priapism is named after a god. Pri- priapism. Yes, priapus. Really? Yeah, he was, he, he was cursed with a wooden cock. I'm dead too. Never knew that. Yeah, that's what priapism comes wow. from. See, this is why we come together and have these conversations. I'm wondering this is if how you learn. that into a logo or something for uh, yeah. the company. That would be there's so like funny. There's old hieroglyphics with this dude with this massive wow. wooden cock and the gods were like, oh, fuck It's you. actually, it's a baby's arm. Yeah. Uh, in the logo. <laughs> oh, well, that's about the same thing. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, so where was I even going? Oh, so, so the half-life of, of Tadalafil is like 36 hours. So when Cialis first came out, it was called the Weekender. Um, and it was called that wow. because men could take it on a Friday night and by Sunday afternoon would still be feeling the effects of the Cialis. So when we chose between the, the commercially available sort of product active ingredients, we chose Tadalafil because it was the longest acting. So yeah. we recently reformulated our Tadalafil lozenges. And if you think about... Like, so part of it is, is a gelatin mixture, part of it's a lollipop mixture, and then there's the actual powder of active ingredient. And so we actually take, like I said, big GNC protein powder jugs of Tadalafil powder. So like, it's a, it's a, it's a big thing of, of Cialis powder. I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like, which is crazy to think about. It is. Um, And if you think about gelatin, or like gummy bears melted, it's it's very thick. Tadalafil is a very thin, airy powder, sort of like uh, powdered sugar that goes on top of funnel cakes or mm-hmm. something like that. So it's very difficult to get a very light powder like Tadalafil to drop into a thick, viscous solution like melted gelatin. Or Heinz ketchup. Or Heinz ketchup, <laughs> to our earlier conversation, yeah. yes. Oh, ketchup facts. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> we have this big... 
uh, it's a cat scientific. So cat like the uh, uh, animal. No, like the uh, construction company cat. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So we have this big cat scientific <laughs> spinner. You got them. That uh, we can we can turn up to like a thousand RPMs, which spins very very quickly. And I was there with my technician in the a midst centrifuge. Of, not a centrifuge, no. just like a like a cement mixer. Pal. Okay. Uh-huh. And so we have a beaker of melted gelatin, and we're we're mixing the 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 gelatin, and I'm trying to get the tadalafil to drop in. And I looked at my technician at the time, and I was like, "Let's just try it, see what happens." And we dropped the tadalafil into the mixing gelatin, and the paddle was going so fast that all of the powder shot back into our face. Oh, it's like cocaine. Yeah, from horrible bosses. Boner just like, and the two of us looked at each other like. Holy shit, this is gonna suck later on. Yeah, and it was or be great. It was great. Oh, I'll say it was great. Heather. It was <laughs> she's shaking her head. No. She is, she but actually looks a little bit appalled. It's funny to look back on sort of the, the <laughs> steps of errors that we made and to think about like at one yeah, point dude, so we had Tadalafil powder everywhere yeah. in the lab just trying to make this happen. They were probably like little insects with the hard ons running probably. around everywhere. Yeah, but dude, most likely, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was a funny story. I like it. Okay, you had... I'm putting us all on the spot here, and I'm, I'm totally going to fail, because I... I don't know. I, I gave my shitty retail CVS story. Do you have a work-related A work-related? Career? Yeah, because that's a, that's a work-related tale. Dude, we do marketing. I don't have <laughs> Dude, anything <laughs> like that. We, we get involved well, in the Instead of typing X, I type the letter Z. It's yeah, exactly. Just kidding. I don't, I don't mean to be boring, but like, there's no... There's no story that sticks out in. I actually, I probably have a ton. I just can never come. I can't come up with them on the spot, dude. I just think of like UPS men with my PP hanging out. Dude, (laughs) hey, listen to episode forty-seven. I understand. Okay, episode forty-seven for all of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my whole objective with all my marketing jobs was just to not get fired. Oh, same, same. So it really we've succeeded. Yeah. I was really never that passionate about any of my jobs and like there was never really any crazy story that came up or happened. So, I mean, I don't, you there's, really, there's really not much to say. All right. Give uh, any story. Any story. Yeah. Anything. Kelly, can you help me out? You can tell my story about Maya and Louie and the dog hug that wasn't a hug. Oh, the dog hug. <laughs> yeah. The so dog hug. Yeah. So like, Kelly brings her Brings our dog to work sometimes, and do you uh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. She works at like a she works at like a pretty professional company. She doesn't work for the man. That's the thing. She works for a man, for a small, but a small company. A small man. Small man. <laughs> he drives a big truck. Small man. Couple small. That's all men. that matters. Yeah. <laughs> he overcompensates. But yeah, Kelly's type of company would normally never allow a dog to come into the office, but. They let Louie come in a lot, and Louie's a little golden retriever puppy. He's like, just little. Don't... Yeah, we, we both said that. Yeah, I was going to say. He's a... Look at that 60 pound demon <laughs> on the porch. So <laughs> Smiling. He's, he's like six or seven months old. He's like 65 pounds already. He's ridiculous. But um, he comes into work all the time and just humps everything, <laughs> including. One of Kelly's co-workers, like, five-year-old Children. daughter. Look at that vagina oh, skin geez. on his neck. Can you get him to speak on the podcast? Get, do you have a command to make him bark? Louis, no. speak. We try not to have him bark. Louis, <laughs> speak. Orf. Louis. Orf. Alex, do you guys have a dog, too? We do not. As something I've come to realize. So this this is a good time. Alex doesn't want a dog. I can predict what he's going to say already. Yeah. They're uh, too much responsibility. Objectively, I will a hundred percent agree with you. When Heather's not a, not home, I, like you a lot hate, of my coworkers are. No, I don't hate Finley. I love him to death. <laughs> but a lot of my coworkers are single parents, and I tell them flat out, like, I don't know how you do it. I can barely take care of a dog by myself. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it takes Heather and I both to bottom, be able to take care of a dog and a cat. Bottom line, I tell Tara all the time. I mean, we we both love animals, cats and dogs. Frankly, no, I hate cats and. A dog is so much work. I mean... It's so worth it, though. I thought you were about to say it, so much it, worse. It, 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 it depends on, you know, it depends on what you want to do. You know, you, we have the freedom to, well, do anything, literally. 
But when you have a dog, it's sort of like having a child. Kelly and I can still do anything. We just have to pay a little bit of money to have them watched. Yeah, well... But I, it is I a little like bit, doing that. It is a little bit annoying, though, when people come over and he's just in their face 24-7 and... Wait, the weird thing is, like, we don't have people over that often that it really sure. matters to us, but, like... The ninety nine percent of the time that we're alone in the apartment, he literally sleeps, he and just then everyone rocks. Come o- comes over and he yeah. bumps and bites them. Like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this demon dog in well, our apartment? I, I I guess what my point is is he's amazing. I I love Louis. Come here, come here, come here. Speak. Speak. Well, he he's amazing. He's beautiful. I love him. But I love I love that I can get my dog fix. At, at, I, I was gonna places. say at the expense yeah. of my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I <laughs> and then, and then I, I don't have to deal with it whenever yeah. I get home. So like, like I ultimately have to make sure Louis doesn't die. Yeah, or or shit on your couch, yeah. or you know something like that. You you have the responsibility, That's and I'm true. just enjoying it. I get it. So I've just always been a big dog person. So yep. Ever since I saw Air Bud, I wanted a golden retriever, and I finally got one. Yeah. Well, there Holy. he is. So we have a um, we have a boxer, and he's black. Mm-hmm. He's all black, which apparently, for anybody who is familiar with boxers, is like Mike Tyson, rarest. a black boxer. Yeah, that was his name. Wow, that was that was good. That was his <laughs> name when we adopted him. Was Tyson, and we renamed Holy him shit, Finley. Full circle. But he um, he's a black him. boxer, and he's apparently to be a full black boxer is like one of the most rare things. For the boxer breed. I mean, we actually have today, for example, I was walking him down by the water and I had two guys on bikes stop, get off their bikes, and come talk to me because Dude, they is wanted that Floyd to Mayweather? Meet. They're like, yo, is that a black boxer? I'm like, yeah, it's just like I've never seen that before. But uh he's he'll be seven this September. And so, he we adopted him <laughs> when he was five. He's got like salt and pepper on his chin already. Yeah. And he is the greatest dog because he, he's he is a great dog. I love Louie. Don't get me wrong, but he is, he like, if it, if it was him, he'd be on the couch between the girls right now, passed yeah. out cold. He's, he's and, the most And relaxed. he's frowning at all times. Yeah, he's got chubby cheeks, so he, like, frowns all the yeah. time. He's, Even when he's, he's happy, great. he's frowning. We, we've covered a lot of bases. Uh, Jake, I expect... I call you Jake. I don't know why, like, on the podcast. <laughs> I call you Kurtz. Anytime I refer to... Just don't call me Jake ever again. All right, I... To your face, I'll always call you Kurtz. Mm-hmm. But like, whenever I'm talking to Kelly, I call you Jake. Does that huh. make sense? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got two answers there. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know. That's just like a weird thing. That was like whenever I started uh, the the interview with Pico, and I was like Tyler, and I was like, mm, dude, I, I called him Tyler when I talked to him in person too, like recently. Squirt. But I've never Tyler. called him Tyler ever to you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. That that is strange. I never call Kelly Kelly either. Smelly. No, you don't. No. Just babe or babe and smells. Idiot. Idiot. <laughs> Shit like well, that. Well, slug tube. Slug tube. Soul tube. All right, this is gonna go real downhill. Yep. Uh, we're gonna get real drunk, and the only person we haven't heard from. Sorry, Heather. I gave you 15 minutes. I need. So- <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> take a bow. Heather, what's Come it like? On, he- Heather, what's it like to be married to Mike? Yeah. Great, hey, great question. What's it like to be married to Mike? Come on over here. Yeah, get yeah, over here. Mike. I already know this. This isn't answer. CNN. Like, there, there's like 50 people that are going to talk hear into it. the it's, mic next to Mike. It's uh, it's all right. I mean, it's I mean. It's oh more wow! Than, it's more than wow. I'm talking right. about throwing somebody under the bus. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's great. It's got its, it's perks. Uh, it's basically I don't know. It's like. Amazing. It's the same. I mean. No, here's the thing. He works a lot. I work. I do my own thing. Yeah. We just, we're just, we just do <laughs> my own thing. And here's that's the thing. We party on the weekends so together, and that's right it. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Mike and Heather. Mike deserves better than this. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm Mike's, teasing you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mike and Heather acted like they were married for like three years before they got married. So being yeah, married like, to Mike is like nothing different than being with Mike. You know what? Yeah. I, I can time. relate. I can relate. And and Tara yeah. can relate. We're because in our hearts we're already married and it's just like we're doing something for the state. Before the 
Yeah, we got to do something for the state, and we got to make it official in the eyes of God. Other than that, nothing's changed. That's so basically the same thing with Kelly too. It's like that. That was a very genuine re- uh, response, and I apologize for putting you on the spot, but I had to get your voice on here because we had Kelly. Thank you. Everybody Thank knows you. Tara. You're very welcome. <laughs> we can cut her part who's out. Who's Tara? Yeah. No, it's long. Like, <laughs> okay, good. I was like, no, this is good. Spontaneity is the key to Craft Heads podcast. What? Spont? Spontaneity. I'm sorry, spontaneity. Spontaneity. Hey, hey, listen, I will define that word for you. Okay. Spontaneousness. That's yeah. what it means, except okay. that's how our shitty, stupid language. Spontaneity. Boom. Okay. Okay.